1010 WBT. Hour number two. This is it. We are in it. Pete Callender here in the phone number 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at the Pete Callender Show.com and uh, on Twitter at Pete Callender. Yes, where the yes, the debate continues over there. Um because I pointed out what the average teacher pay was in North Carolina, and now I've got some, uh, let's see, what does her profile define her as? Uh, former adapted ed teacher, ed policy master's student, <sighs> bird mom. Really? Bird mom? Look, I had we had a parakeet growing up. So I'm not denigrating the owning of the the birds, but uh, it's it's not the same. It's just not the same. Anyway, progressive clinic defender, she slash her, anxious. Oh God, this is like this is like leftist stereotype right here. Public uh, pro public ed, and uh, oh, and no, oh, and she has uh, Etsy stickers too. Good for her, and she's out of the Triangle area. Her name is Taylor. And uh, I pointed out that, you know, teachers get the annual step increases in their first 15 years, $1,000 each year that they're there every, you know, each year. And because uh, they started like 37 something thousand and then they get the, 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 the step increases every year. Um, and she says then uh, she offers a, quote, translation of my tweet, which obviously does not need a translation because it's all in English there. Um, uh, she says, it's okay that teachers, this is what Pete's saying basically is that it's okay that teachers can barely make ends meet since there's others who absolutely can't make ends meet. Wow. What a phenomenal take from Pete. Right. That's not actually what I said. I, I pointed out that, uh, they, they earn this money and also the average teacher pay comparable to the median income for a household in North Carolina. And she objects to that. Because teachers should be paid more, which is always the argument, right? How much? That's my follow-up. It's always my follow-up. So, okay, you're saying we should pay them more. What's the optimal figure? Tell me. Why are you so focused on the average number, Pete? Our average should be higher, and our veteran teachers deserve more than to top out of salary increases at less than 60000 just looking up the average ignores the incredibly low income that beginning teachers make. Right, so what's her answer? The answer is to, well, to deflect, that's the tactic, but the answer is more. So I'm at, So this is why I asked the question. You can too, it's tons of fun. Right, tons of fun. Just, what's the number? Same thing with per-pupil spending, same thing. What's the number? How much? This is why I loved it when, remember, the Moral Mondayers, and they put together the list of demands from uh, uh, Reverend Barber. Oh, I have audio from him. He was on MSNBC the other day. Anyway, back when he was, you know, leading the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party had basically collapsed amid scandal, corruption, and uh, uh, inability to govern. Uh, And so, uh, and that's how the uh, Republicans took over in 2010. Uh, and Democrats were in disarray. I know they hate that phrase, so that's why I say it. Um, 
<laughs> and so they were in, they, they were just in shambles in this state. And uh, along comes uh, Reverend William Barber and his poor pe- or not the Poor People's Campaign. It was the that doesn't matter. Now it's called I think the Poor People's Campaign. It's at the national. He went national with it, and so he. He builds this, you know, the the thousands on Jones Street, HK on J, and, uh, uh, and he starts building this this big, you know, weekly protest thing to demand more. And they finally put together this list of demands, like all of their agenda. And Senator Phil Berger's office costed the thing out. They put they put all of the programs through the uh, the legislative research division i believe and they asked him okay how much is this gonna cost and it was like our annual budget in this state was like 20 billion a year and it was like four times that amount of money per year that they were demanding to be spent a quadrupling uh, i think that was right but it was ridiculously expensive that's why i asked the number uh, for the number we need to spend more on teacher pay okay what's the number give me the uh, give me the optimal number because the first thing I want to know is how much thought have you actually paid to the number? And 90% of the time, the people I engage with don't ever have a number. They don't know what the number is. They just want more. Because then the next thing, and I'll do this with her, and you can see this play out on Twitter. Um, the next thing I will do is I will then ask, okay, uh, you gave me a number. Why should I pay bad teachers the same amount as the good ones then? Right. Because they never want to differentiate that either. They just want a higher amount for everybody because they have an interest. They specifically have an interest in getting more money for them. That's right. They right. They're they're not some neutral party here. Right. They they're they're engaging in emotional blackmail. Trying to make you feel bad for not supporting whatever it is that they demand. And they won't tell you the extent of their demands. They won't do it. Oh, she has responded. She, here, here you go. Classic example. I was not planning to do this, by the way. This is just stuff I do on the side during the breaks. I just... <laughs> I think we should set a base salary for teachers that adequately covers cost of living and compensates teachers for their work. Oh, okay. So... Would the starting pay in Charlotte Mecklenburg of $41,736, that's beginning teacher pay for 10 months worth of work, forty-one seven. Is $41,700 for a beginning teacher? Is that acceptable? These people, are, these people have no concept of what folks pull down in the, in the private sector. I swear, they really don't. They think people in the private sector are making tons of money. They really do. The current average teacher salary in Charlotte-Mecklenburg is just under $57,000. Did you think you would be rich? Did you think that you would join the teaching profession to be rich? And I say that as one who joined the media profession, (laughs) all right, knowing that, and I, I joined as a reporter, and they don't make any money. Reporters make nothing. Reporters make half of what the teachers make. So I am well aware of what private sector salaries, you know, and the amount of time you have to do your job and the hours you have to work. And I'll tell you, as a reporter, you work all the holidays. 
you don't get breaks. You don't get weeks off like that unless you take one of your two weeks vacation, right? You you don't get spring break and winter break and summer break. You don't get all of these breaks. You don't get work days where you just get to, you know, plan stuff out and all this. So, I, I, look, I fully recognize and I always acknowledge this because of my work history. And by the way, Yes, I do have teachers in my family, and we talk about these things, but I also covered Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools for a decade. I've been covering education issues in this state for tw- for two decades. So I, I've i seen all of these arguments before. I've been engaged in these discussions for a very long time, but I might not be the softest shoulder to cry on. <laughs> all right? I recognize that. I do. I recognize that. And so if you're just wanting to virtue signal and try to hold people, uh, you know, emotionally hostage. Why won't you support these heroes? I don't, I I don't respond to that argument. I don't, it doesn't work on me. I don't care what you have to say about that because I know what you're doing. It's, it's emotional blackmail and I just don't engage in it. So I ask you for the numbers and she says it should be covers the cost of living and compensates teachers for their work. Covers the cost of living and compensates them for their work. Still not a number. She then says base salary should be at least regional cost of living times 1.5. So the base salary should be higher than the current average salary. So no, so somebody with no experience, beginning salary, walks in and is paid 1.5 times the cost of living as a base salary. And then what's on top of that? She doesn't say but there's not a number. She's not telling me the number because, again, the whole point is more, 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 more. Tell me where the end zone is. Tell me what the destination is so I know when we get there. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. Email Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com. Bird mom? Really? Scott says, you just made me spit out my drink. Too funny. <laughs> Bird mom. Uh, let me see here. I just saw this. I haven't even read it yet. Let me, uh, let's, uh, okay. Well, I'll just read it. We'll, we'll, we'll find out together. This is from Patrick. Hi, Pete. I stumbled on your show and the topic of teachers. My wife used to work for CMS's 12-month support staff in the office of a local middle school. I am so sick of the whiny teacher. Oh, my goodness. I am so sick of the whiny teachers moaning about pay. I used to feel sorry for them until I had a spouse in CMS. As you said, they work 10 months, not to mention multiple weeks during the holidays and spring break. If you average the two months off over the summer, they would make almost 50K. You can research teacher salaries, and trust me, there are some teachers who are making very good money. Of course, that's after, you know, 20 years. I'm all for people making more money, but can't we base their raises of pay or pay increases on merit or their student test scores or some combination? Thank you, Patrick. I appreciate it. Yeah, this this is one of the things, I, it's one of the challenges I always throw out. Because, look, I, I, am, I am always upfront when I talk about education issues and I talk about teacher pay, the I always say, I want to pay great teachers six figures because great teachers can send the next generation right out into the society better prepared 
than the previous generation. Right? They can inspire a, a, you know, lifelong learning. I had great teachers. I also had terrible ones. And I'm not going to pay them the same amount of money as the great teachers make. Now, if you want to come up with some sort of way that we can grade teachers, right? And then pay them based on the grades that they achieve. So as to reward the good teachers and to not reward the bad ones, I am open to suggestions. But every single time, and I do mean every single time, you throw any of these types of merit-based ideas or test score-related ideas, when you throw any of these ideas out there, you get pushback from the education activists, from the teachers' union members and leadership, the media and the Democratic Party, but I repeat myself, you get pushback against all of this stuff. And they say we can't possibly create some sort of a, a grading system. To which I reply something along the lines of, that's literally your job. You're telling me you don't know how to grade somebody's performance or growth? You're in the wrong line of work. Of all the professions to have to make that argument, teaching is not the one to be in. So I am I am open to hear the ideas, but when you say, like, one of the ideas kicked around and I'm generally supportive of because I like again I am always upfront about this too my preference is blowing up the entire K12 model because it's awful it's awful it harms children it makes them dumb it does how is it there are studies that are that, that have shown that the kids who uh, uh, before they go into the government schools they're they're like testing brilliant and then all of a sudden, two or three years later, you go back and test them again, and they're idiots. Like, did they get stupider? No. They had their creativity and brilliance just, just beaten out of them. Well, not physically beaten. Although in some... No. Um, so I, I am open to ideas for reform. When people come along and say, we want to reform this stuff, and like one idea is, you know, you give the principals more power in the, at the school. You let them hire and fire everybody they want. Oh, no, no, you can't do that because then, you know, some teachers are going to be preferred by the, the principal and some won't be. Yeah. Are you first off, are you saying that doesn't happen right now? Like, well, I don't want my, you know, my pay to be tied to whether or not I have a good relationship with the principal. Oh, so in other words, you want a job that literally nobody else has on the planet, right? Well, except government workers. Seriously, relationships with the people who employ you is important. Having a good relationship, right? When And it, you've got an employer, you've got your boss, you have different bosses at different levels. Oh, I, I don't think my pay should be determined by those people. They're your bosses. It's just amazing. Somebody called in and asked something about a... a I, I didn't get what the question was, which again... I'm, I'm loath to even mention it because I don't like this idea that people call in and give Bernie a question, but they don't come on to, to ask me their question. Maybe I'm just in, intimidating. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm intimidating. So, I mean, you have a question. Well, except Dean. Dean. That's all Dean ever does. He just always asks questions. So I finally had to say, Dean, make your assertion. So what is the assertion? But they were asking something about the comparison with the, I think, private school teachers. It's my understanding that private school teachers generally 
earn less than public school teachers do because they have better working conditions. You don't have to pay them as much because they want to work there. That's my understanding of it. Now, every school is going to be different, but uh, I guess you could also throw in, what about homeschool? Is there, is there a homeschooling comparison there? Because that's a net negative. Yeah, homeschooling teachers, they, uh, they lose money. It actually costs them money, right? Because they have to pay to educate all of the kids in the schools that they're not using. They don't get that money back, right? So they're, they're, they're sending the money to the, the public school system through property taxes, and then they have to pay for their own education at home. So anyway, I'm, I'm open to the ideas. Give me some numbers. But that's usually where these conversations break down. The very first question is, give me the optimal number. So we'll see how it goes. Like I said, you can follow all of this on Twitter. Oh, and remember, get the podcast. It's at WBT.com. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. The story at uh, WGHP, sorry, it was actually at QCnews.com, but it was from WGHP. They just reprinted it, I guess. Queen City News, they must have an affiliation. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I, I was thinking, I was thinking, was it uh, Q Notes? Is that the, or is that, or the, the nerve? Queen City Nerve, that's what I was thinking of. Anyway, sorry, QC, Queen City News. Um, a father is taking matters into his own hands to improve his child's behavior in school. He is asking other parents with kids in the Winston-Salem Forsyth County school system to do the same. The father spent multiple days in class with his son to make sure that his son was treating his teachers with respect. He made a post on Facebook about the experience that got more than 4,000 shares. He said, quote, we got to be involved. We got to get involved. It's not up to these administrators to make our kids come to school and show respect. It's not up to these teachers. It's up to us. Exactly. It's got to start with the parents. It's got to. And, and the parents have to be willing to stand up to their kids. By the way, that's one of the things when you, you you're hearing a lot right now about teacher retention. Oh, my gosh. So the teachers are leaving. They're all leaving and all this. And, well, first off, it's happening, you know, across the board in all professions. People are quitting. The quiet quitting stuff, all of that, remember. But a lot of the teachers that leave, leave because of the administrative bloat and BS. They leave because the kids in the schools don't behave. Nobody wants to go to work every single day feeling like what they do doesn't matter. See, this all ties together. It's, you know, purpose, meaning. The dignity of work. If every day you go to work and you are unfulfilled by the work that you do and you think it doesn't matter at all, you need to find something else to do. Or you accept that, hey, you know what? This is a paycheck and it allows me to do these other things that are more important to me. And the only way I can do those things is by doing this work. Right? That's fair too. But nobody wants to get up every single day, stand in front of a class, and feel like you're not reaching maybe one out of the 25 kids that are in there. And meanwhile, the other, you know, 10 kids or, well, it's actually usually not that much. It's like three or four of them per class that ruin it for everybody. 
And teachers want those kids out of their classrooms. They want the troublemakers out. So other kids can learn. They will tell you that. Teachers tell you that. They tell me that, so I know that they're going to tell anybody if they're willing to tell me that. (laughs) So this idea that, oh, we're not keeping teachers around because of pay. It's such an infantile, myopic argument. It's limiting. It's constricting. It, they simply use the teacher pay figure in order to emotionally blackmail you into giving them more power. That's what it's about. And who is they? They is the union. They want more teachers making more money so they can get more power. That's it. So they, they, they can hold greater leverage. You, you saw it with the, uh, the budget showdowns every year, right? Governor Cooper vetoed every single budget that the General Assembly passed, and every single one of them had teacher pay raises in them. And he vetoed every one of them. And the teachers' union leadership allowed it to happen, blocking their own colleagues from being paid more while complaining that they're not getting raises. Corey Johnson, eighth grader. This is from the story. Um, oh, I'm sorry. His, uh, this is the, the, the father. His name is Corey Johnson, and uh, he has an eighth grader in the school. And uh, he said, parents got to get involved. It's not up to them, right? It's up to us. And then he says, he goes into the classes. So he starts escorting his own kid to class to make sure his kid doesn't act up. And he said, what he saw in the classrooms was shocking. The blatant disrespect our kids are showing the teachers is ridiculous. And by the way, I, before, let me just stop you right there, leftist, before I know what you're going to say. No, the eighth grade uh, uh, class, they're not disrespecting the teachers because lawmakers aren't giving them raises. That's not why that's happening. They're disrespecting teachers because, first off, they're young punks. That, that, that's just you know generally the case. Secondly, they're not taught to respect anybody else. It's not, that, it, it's not that they're disrespecting you because you're the teacher. They're disrespecting you because they disrespect everybody. And you just happen to spend a lot more time with them every single day. Oh, and also you might, you might engender a bit more uh, animus because you actually, you know expect something from them that might require them to exert some bit of effort. And uh, I don't want to do this because again, the K-12 model isn't working for that kid. It's just not. See again, this like the, the, the foundation of all of my arguments is that the model is broken. And people just want to kind of, Oh, let me just patch this little hole in the wall and I'll just patch this little you know, crown molding over there. Oh, well, let me swap out the fixtures. Meanwhile, you know, you got half of the foundation collapsed. He said, I never would have thought my son would be in there. He doesn't do that at home and he knows better, but his son was one of them. He says, uh, here's the message that he's giving is, uh, he says, look, we got to tell these kids, go to school, be better than me, get an education, get a higher paying job than me. You can do it. All you have to do is try, right? But if you don't think that there's any purpose, there's no meaning to this down the road. Why do, why do people loathe math so? Because so much of the stuff that you get taught in math class, 
you're like, I'm never going to use this. And for the most part, you are correct. It's true. And kids know this. I knew this. And rather than giving me the base upon which to build and say, okay, Pete really, really likes math, then let's go ahead and, you know, direct him more towards math-related fields and topics and courses and start doing stuff like that. Whereas I don't, I'm not so much into, you know, this other subject. But I don't get that option. No, no, no. GovCo factory model says born on date is this year. You are now developmentally here. And now you learn this math. And then you learn this next math. And then you learn this next math. And then you learn that next math. And by the time you get through, you know, middle school or so, you basically learned all the major concepts. And then like the last few years, it's just... Oh, man, I had to memorize so many formulas and stuff. I hated it. So, yeah, the students know it. And now, to be fair, like, there are some things in the math field where, like, kids are like, who am I going to ever need that? And like, well, actually, you are going to need to know that. <laughs> but kids are smart. They know it. Oh, here, here's something else. Um, we were talking about crime, and this is the same thing. It's all, this all feeds together. It's all part of the same topic, right? It, it, it's about purpose and meaning, and it's about you know, trying to, to be the best you that you can be. And how do you impart that to the next generation? And when you don't have these types of role models or this message that's coming at you from everybody. See, that's the thing, too. It's not even like kids will find I think if they've got a role model in their life right they're gonna latch on to that person who's who's giving them good advice and showing them a positive uh, uh, you know uh, example of, of how to be a person in good standing I'm, and you should be you know striving to be in good standing in the society I think they will they will find somebody like that but if everybody in their life is just a turd they got no examples. And then they fall in with their own crowd, and then whoever's influencing them become the influencers of you. And so, really, is it any reason? Is it any surprise that we end up with the soaring homicide rates? Oh, and by the way, the gun deaths in America—this is going to come as a complete shock, I am sure. Gun deaths now at a 28-year high in 2021. It's probably going to be higher in 2022. We shall see. But gun deaths reached a 28-year high in 2021. Sharp increases. Basically across the board, but led by homicides of black men and suicides among white men. It's a male problem, right? Pulling the ripcord, everybody. She's pulling the ripcord. The the master's in education student is pulling the ripcord uh, because she can't answer the question. Uh, I said, why cost of living for the teacher pay? Why would you do cost of living th- times 1.5? Like, why? Why? And her answer was, because I said so. I'm not kidding. It's, it was actually a gif. She, she posted, because I said so. I, so I responded, oh, okay, so it's an emotional blackmail argument, not a logical one. And then she says, 
It's just that you're not worth the time arguing with because you've made up your mind that it's cool that teachers can barely make ends meet. Why waste my time with someone who thinks so little of teachers? See, that's all she has is emotion. This is a person who is a former teacher who has apparently left the teaching profession in order to get her master's in, what was this, a master's in education policy, right? So she wants to be able to set policy And she can't even articulate why the teacher pay should be based on a formula that she has given me. She advances a formula. I say, why did you pick that formula? And her response is, shut up. And this is a person who wants to set policy, is going to school so she can get a job, probably making six figures. I mean, not kind of city manager Marcus Jones kind of money. I mean, more than the president of the United States of America makes. But uh, but probably six figures working for a school system, advancing education policy. Right? That's That's the gig. That's what this is about. She wants to be part of administrative bloat. And she will use teacher pay to expand education spending. CMS has, what's the CMS budget now? It's like $1.7 billion. You're telling me you can't educate 200,000 kids for $1.7 billion. This is the same argument I have with the per-pupil expense. How much does it cost to educate a kid? Well, in North Carolina, it's somewhere around $8,000. And there's actually a diminishing return. The more you spend on that, the less you get. But about $8,000. And that's that's all in. Capital. Operating. Once you get past that amount of money, all the rest of it, meh. But North Carolina spends way more than that. Charlotte spends more than that. And then when you ask them, what's the optimal number? Tell me what it takes. What's the optimal uh, uh, per pupil expense? Tell me the number that you have to have in order to, to what, teach in a way that you somehow have been unable to teach before, which is another, which is another irony in the whole debate, too, which is we're losing teachers, so we have to pay them more, right? But they'll say they don't do it for the money. But they also say that we have all of the great teachers, but we need to be able to pay more money to attract better teachers, So are you saying we have a lot of bad teachers? I'm unclear on the logic. See, this is my problem. I recognize it. It is my problem. I attempt to provide rational arguments for these topics. That is completely my bad. I approach them with logic. And for people who are just interested in emotional blackmail, like this person is, and, I, and the reason I bring this up is because, and, and this is why I'm going over this argument, doing it on the show here, is because this is par for the course. This is the standard way that people engage with you when they think, you know, you are scum, which is she obviously does, right? She's saying, why waste my time with someone who thinks so little of teachers? Did I say anything that denigrates the people who are in the teaching profession? Did I say anything at all about those individuals? Well, in fact, I said, I've had great teachers and I want to pay them a lot of money. I don't think we should pay the, the bad ones the same amount because I value the good ones. Right? So what is it? How exactly does she get out of my comments 
about teacher pay. And I would like to know your, your formula. How did you come to this formula? And she then automatically assumes that I have the worst of, of motives and beliefs when it comes to teachers, right? That uh, somehow or another, I think so little of them. And I think it's cool that teachers can barely make ends meet. See, this is the other part of the argument here that is always left out, which is I'm not in charge of your expenses. Your personal household budget is your personal household budget. Just like it is not up to the uh, an employer, right? An employer is not responsible for making sure all of your bills are paid. They have a job. They're offering you the job for a certain amount of money. You can either take that job or you cannot take that job. That's it. If you can't make ends meet on your salary, then you need to find more employment, other employment, other sources of income, whatever. Now, you could tell the employer, look, I can't make enough to get by on this uh, salary, so I'm going to have to go look for a job somewhere else. And that employer may say, oh, well, wait, you're a great employee. Let me keep you. You're so great. I don't want to have to go through that process, so let me keep you. And then maybe they'll throw more money at you, right? That's how that goes. Here's the dirty secret about education, teaching, and government jobs kind of in general. Same thing happens with police and firefighters, right? They know that they can fill those slots, although not so much with the police. But they know, like, they pay police and firefighters so little because they know they can. They know these people will do the job because they love doing the work. That's part of it. Also, in the education field, you have a lot of people, a lot of people that are qualified to do the work and could do that work. That's the market telling you, you know, hey, we need to pay more. Oh, we have enough supply. We have too much demand, right? These are all signals. But it's not up to me to make sure that your household budget balances, especially when you're pulling down 55 k a year. 